This is exactly right. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Scotty, you ready? Curdy B, my friend, I am so ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Man who spent years building Eiffel Tower with 700,000 matchsticks may be denied world record for using wrong matches. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you got to measure twice and cut once. Uh, we're going to strike it up on a brand new episode of Ooh. the Bananas Podcast. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoller. I am Banana Boy number two. Scotty Landis, thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. And I just want to give a shout out right at the top, Curdy B. We have a bananimal named Michelle Tokarski, who started a blood group for bananimals on the Red Cross app. There are 14 bananimals who have already signed yes. up to donate blood. So if I you have the Red Cross app, oh yeah, I'm going next week, you could search and join the group Bananimals, and then it'll like track everybody and we'll see how many lives or gallons or whatever we have to do. But anyways, great job, Michelle Tokarski. Oh my God. All right. Post that in the stories today. You got it, and buddy. I will go and sign up for that. Let's pump some blood. Um, oh, hell yeah. I'm ready for that. Mm. And of course, as a reminder, um, you, we have a website. You can go see all of our tour dates now at bananaspodcast.com. Uh, and if you live in the following cities, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, Madison, Minneapolis, we're coming to you very, very soon. Uh, are you ready, Scotty, to bring our fantastic guests on? Let's bring her on. Our guest today is a tremendous True. stand-up comedian, yes. an Emmy-nominated and WGA, WGA award-winning writer. The big two, big two. Uh, she has two books that have been out, uh, Dead People Suck and Shitty Mom, both amazing titles. New York Times uh, bestseller, Shitty Mom. Yeah. Her latest comedy special, Sis Woke Grief Slut, is available <laughs> everywhere you stream specials. Please welcome Lori Kilmartin. Oh my God! Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh well, so thank you for you. doing this. You have an amazing talent in naming specials. And <laughs> That's <laughs> they're all amazing. Thank you. I I do after hearing the word bananimal, 
I do want to, I, I have a joke, a super old joke that has been stolen a lot, but it was, it, it was uh, all I had today for uh, dinner was a banana, not the whole thing, not that little bottom part, you know, the little brown spot at the bottom. You've seen it. The bananas anus. You've seen it. The bananas. And uh, <laughs> I, I have myself saying bananas TM trademarked like on girls night out in 1992 or something. And uh, it yours. was you own the bananas stolen by the oatmeal, a, uh, a little meme uh, internet company without any credit. Oh, that but, guy. Yeah. Yes, oh, do you know who guy, he is? Tom. I think his name is Tom. Well, whatever. Yeah, who started the oatmeal. Yeah. Maybe he discovered his own bananas, but you were there first. You were the <laughs> oat. <OG>. right. <laughs> well, I just finished your special um, about eight minutes ago now, <laughs> Sis Woke Grief Slut. I love it. I'm going to watch it tonight, Lori. I'm going to watch it tonight. But there's one thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Because we talked about this once on the pod before. You had a very similar experience to myself where... Black Twitter said white people don't wash their yes. legs. Yep. And I, as soon as I, a friend was like, Scotty, do you wash your legs? And I was like, in the shower? She was like, yes. And I said, yeah, of course. <laughs> and then I took a shower. <laughs> and I go, oh. wait. I And I, you know what? I was washing my feet. I bypassed from my oh. hips to my ankles, went right, hair, torso, feet. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't wash my legs. Well, nothing happens between your hips and your ankles anyway. So maybe yeah, you're fine. No, it is a horrifying realization how, uh, you know, you think you're a clean person and then you realize yes. that you're filthy and you have not been taking care of business and you need to start. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, and Lori, where can everybody watch the special? Uh, if, you, if you're interested, it's on uh, Amazon Prime and Apple TV and YouTube and then uh, lesser, you know, the... Um, Vimeo. I don't know. Does anyone watch stuff on? I have Vimeo for storage, but I've never actually watched anything on Vimeo. But it's there. It's been a and, while. And uh, you yeah. know, Google Play. Again, not when I use heard of that. Microsoft mm-hmm. something. It's there too. So, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, I Amazoned it. Started instantly. Started rolling instantly. <laughs> nice. Look at that. So, Fantastic. Very well, I'm very excited to watch it. Um, are you happy? Sometimes. Are you happy with it? Sometimes, you, you know, like you ask that question, it's a little loaded for comedian. You know, I was happy with the set at, afterwards. And so I have to always have to go by that feeling of that was a good set. Mm, yes. Everything hit. The one joke that didn't hit was new. We took it out. It's no big deal. So I, I left feeling like good. Um, so good. watching it, you know, it's hard to watch, especially when you when it, it felt different in your head than it looks. But that's yes. not, it's like, that's not my business anymore. Like, I know, mm-hmm. I know I performed the stuff the way I wanted it to when I did it. So I, I'll just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. The only thing that really drives me nuts is that I was wearing a silk blouse and it got wrinkled somehow on the, between me getting it steamed and walking out, it, um, <laughs> it was sat on somebody, I guess, sat on me and I didn't realize it. Very and, cool. <laughs> and so it's, it's like, all, it's a mess and, uh, I can't stop looking at it. Uh, so that's what I'm obsessing about, but hopefully it, it didn't bother your experience, Scotty. 
the jokes rose above it. I, <laughs> I looked at it. I said, I'm turning it off. And then that first laugh hit me and I stuck around for the whole damn hour. Thank God. I, I did special. Thanks. I didn't want the jokes to have to work that hard, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, let me tell you about this um, thing, uh, which is man who spent years building Eiffel Tower with 700,000 matchsticks may be mm. denied world record for using wrong matches. This was sent in by Copy Haste. He's good. Look at that. He's good. It's been a while. It's been oh, a while yeah. for Copy Haste. He's got one backup mm. on the board. Um, this was an NBC News. Okay. I've heard of that. Um, there we go. Uh, written by Patrick Smith, who Ooh. a lot of people say is mm. the best in the biz Very when it comes good. to matchstick writing. This is Very from good. London. You could say Richard Plodd's dream of making the world's tallest matchstick, matchstick sculpture may have gone up in up smoke. In fl- oh, <laughs> okay. you know okay, it is. Okay, I was thinking flames. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Frenchman spent the last eight years, oh my God, painstakingly <laughs> piecing together 706, <laughs> 706,900 matchsticks oh, to make no. a 23.6 foot model oh, of no. the Eiffel Tower, easily beating the existing record by two feet. What? There is an existing <laughs> record of this? Yeah, man. <laughs> That's the craziest part. Um, but he says last week the Guinness Book of World Records had bad news for him. He used the wrong type of matchsticks to qualify oh, for no. a record because they weren't commercially available. Quote, the Guinness Book judges have delivered their verdict without even seeing my tower in real life, he wrote on Facebook. Claude, okay. a council worker for a local authority, I think that just means he's like he just works for the town. Well, he's got um, plenty of time. We know that. The guy's yes. got an open calendar. He's going one <laughs> match at a time to 23 feet. <laughs> 23 well, feet. And the other thing is, is France has like a 30-hour work week. This is what we yeah. Americans are missing out on because we have to work yes. so many jobs. These guys have- We yes. could be doing this. Their, their government has safety guardrails, and that allows them to make the use the wrong match. Like, he can start over and do it again because he has the time. We know he does. Yes, it does. Um, Quote, as the matchsticks were not commercially available and were not recognized as matchsticks, the attempts have been disqualified. And then he wrote, all all caps, big disillusion, disappointment, (laughs) and incomprehension, sad face, crying face. They tell me that 706,900 rods (laughs) stuck one by one are not matches, exclamation, exclamation, question mark, question mark, and they are cut to the point of being unrecognizable. Clearly, the English are really different, mad face, he said of the (laughs) London-based Guinness. He ended his message with no offense to the English. English. <laughs> He's a good guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I um, so here's another hundred years war is in the making, guys. Um, <laughs> it's no coming shit. for the British. <laughs> I love how much they hate each other. Yeah. Uh, because if you went to when you go to London, like you can take a, a train and be in Paris in like two hours or something That's like so that. That's so crazy. And you oh, you talk to people in London, and you're like, you go to Paris, and they're like, I've never been, never been. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> The most amazing city on planet Earth, and you—it's two hours away by train. You've just never gone. <laughs> I mean, I worked with a chef in Brooklyn, and he was—I like, said, "When was the last time you went to Manhattan?" And he looked at me, and he goes, "When did Batman come out?" And I go, "The first one with Michael what? Keaton." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah." I went and saw that. So I think it had been like seventeen years since he had been to Manhattan. So I don't know. Wow, we're about the yeah. same. 
I'm in Burbank and I've never been to Santa Monica. So uh, I get it. <laughs> You're not missing much. It's aloe pants and occasional eroding beachfront. Um, so this is what happened and why it, it he got disqualified. He's having grown tired of buying matches from the supermarket and manually removing the sulfur heads of each one. Plaude struck a deal with the manufacturer to sell 33-pound boxes of headless matches. Quote, when I opened them, oh. it was a bit like Christmas. While more convenient, this choice of match, which can't be bought by regular customers, That's appears cheating. to have possibly killed his world record. That's is cheating. it, though? It's the same match. It's the same match that you can buy. In it doesn't the store. have a head on it, though, right? That was what they're saying. Yeah, but he, but everyone cuts the heads off anyway. Mm, so he just easier. saved. Himself. I think that's cheating. Yeah, that might be two years of work right there, cutting the heads off. But what what no one's thinking about <laughs> is is this man has a girlfriend. And I say that because I, I know he doesn't have a wife because she divorced him uh, in year one. Right. But he does have someone yeah. patiently waiting. And now she has to deal with his disappointments. Um, I feel for her. <laughs> and that is, I think, that's the real, that's the real victim in this, in this scenario. <laughs> the woman who is dating this man. <laughs> but, but they could have a festival in this town. So they could do their own little Burning Man. They could light this up. This seems like an opportunity to do something great in France. I'd go. If I was nearby and they were like, hey, we're going to light a 23-foot matchstick, no-head thing on fire because the guy lost, I'd be like, I'll be there. I'll drink champagne. This sounds wonderful. I yeah. would I would go to that. Yeah, the French, the French do that. When it, save it for Bastille Day because that's the day they burned a lot of stuff anyway. So if, they, if it could just hang on until July 14th, they, they could have a really fun holiday. They love a protest. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> the smallest burning man. The smallest, <laughs> tiniest burning man. The petite, petite man. burning man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Wow. So, I mean, he's got to go for it again. It took him eight years. He must have learned a lot, including what matches to use. But there's a, he's learned skills along the way. I'm sure he could probably bang this out in six, six and a half years, Max. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> he could expedite it for sure. I never did this kind of thing. In school, we had to do, in probably fourth or fifth grade, we got uh, the same box of toothpicks, and we all had to build bridges with toothpicks and glue to what? see which one was the strongest. And Chills. we absolute my team dominated, and I kept it until my parents moved. So I can understand what pride in small things is all about, is what I'm saying. So you, you were doing... Yeah, without glue, like just toothpicks, like uh, or you glued the toothpicks. I'm, I'm trying to they visualize. They gave us regular. Everybody got a thing of Elmer's glue and a box of like a hundred flat toothpicks, and then we were told it was going to go across a span that was six inches wide, and then you had to build the strongest bridge, and the teacher would hang weight from it, and we ended up winning. And ours was called the Please Don't Break Bridge, and. <laughs> And wow. I can't, I really did keep it, and we just stacked it so vertical that it was it was, ours was the tallest on the sides, and it was I don't know those we did egg drop too. We also did the matchbox. I mean, excuse me, the um, mouse trap car. I don't know if you had to do any of those. What are mouse trap cars? That is, you get a mouse trap, and then you have to power a car with anything that we had in tech ed or wood shop. And the only thing that could be used as sort of an engine is the spring of the mouse trap. And there's a secret that's this was like pre Google, pre all that stuff. So people would find it in old science books. But the secret is, is if you just take two vinyl records and like a toilet paper tube and just snap it glue the match uh, the the um, mouse trap to it if it snap it 
because there's no friction and those are so tall, it'll roll the length of the gym. And we, it was fun. We, I loved all that kind of stuff. I I feel like you went to an incredible charter school. Uh, We had nothing like that and no No. budget for anything. (laughs) I went to public school and it was, uh, but it was fun. It was just like, we did maglev trains. We did all kinds of stuff. You did maglev trains? This is a Maryland public school. I don't know what maglev is. I just know what trains are. That's incredible. (laughs) That was incredible. Did you have to dissect anything? No, we didn't do any. We did not do any of that. No, did you guys dissect? I think there might have been protests. It was actually a Catholic girls' school, so I can see, you know, mm-hmm. a couple girls mm-hmm. could could have flipped that class over. Mm-hmm. Was it twelve? Was it all twelve years Catholic girls' school? No, just the last four. I went to a uh, regular. I went to public school for. It was jarring. It was a. <laughs> it was a jarring jump to. Me too. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Me too. I did K through eight and then jumped to high school at public school. And it was like, I'd never had a locker before. I had had to wear a uniform and a tie every single day. So it was very weird to be like, oh, I can wear tennis shoes and people (laughs) think that's okay. I went. And wait, Lori, would you recommend? Um, Would you recommend all girls school? I wouldn't recommend school um, for anybody. Just, uh, no. Woo! (laughs) Yeah, fuck school. We agree. We agree with just that. Just have fun, man. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't mind an all girls school. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. There was an all boys school across the street, so there was definitely mingling uh-huh. and nervousness. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. It, the, we we in yeah. the upper grades and and junior and senior year, we did have classes at the boys school. So that was pretty exciting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I because I would definitely I would recommend all boys high school because I oh, went to all boys high school. Really? And I would recommend it because I found it to be there was just no clicks. There yeah. was no clicks in anywhere because there was no one was trying to impress anyone. Oh. So it was just like doing work and then and then making fun of people like that's <laughs> where the two things and that's right, it. right, right. <laughs> Oh, wow. So you guys weren't beating each other up. I, I feel like I've seen a lot of movies where in an all boys school, there's lots of attacks. No, the the attacks mainly came from the, you know, from the vice principal. And, uh, the principal. <laughs> from the authorities. Were, okay. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was Catholic boys school. They beat the shit out of us. That sounds uh, about right. Yeah, was, yeah, it, yeah. was it boarding school? <laughs> no, just okay. regular, regular yeah. high school. Jersey. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, Scott, so you got you, can, you got beat up when you went home from school on your way back yeah. to your house. Just Jersey attacked you. <laughs> oh, it was the worst. Like if you had to go to the mall and you're still in your uniform. Oh, I used to hate that oh, every God. single time. Yeah. It'd be like, here he comes. Even though you try to like make it cool, like take the tie off or whatever, untuck your shirt. Then you look like a an off duty cop from an eighties show. You're just like short sleeve white shirt. Got my khakis on, like Sebagos, and I'm like just standing, and my mom's like, just come in here. Yeah, Scotty the day. snitch. I, <laughs> I never realized this until this very moment, but I still, my entire adult life, I have never owned a pair of khaki pants, and it is because I had to wear khakis mm-hmm. for all of high school, and I hate that, like, it's just the definition of a bland outfit, and I hate it so much, and I've never worn it again. 
Isn't it weird how that turned into like a Nazi, uh, a white supremacist outfit? The it's not weird. I guess it's yeah. not surprising, but <laughs> yeah, they're pretty boring. They don't have a lot of big ideas. They're pretty uh, one note. <laughs> not very creative, but yeah, that's true. Well, Kurt, well, I when I think of you, Kurt, I think of you in black jeans. Yes, yeah. I love black jeans. Yeah, mm-hmm. Laurie, where did you grow up? My me, uh, in Northern California. Uh, Walnut Creek, California. It's in the East Bay. It's a little east of Berkeley in Oakland. You go through the Caldecott Tunnel, then you hit the hills, yes. and uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a much nicer suburb now than when I when I was growing up there. It got it just got pottery barned, you know, uh, with the mm-hmm. uh, I guess Silicon Valley mm-hmm. money. It kind of flowed up and east a little bit. So uh, when I, I the, my point is, is I won't. I'm not. A, able to afford to ever move back there that's really weird when you're priced out of your hometown and it's you don't live in like you know uh hong kong (laughs) uh you should always (laughs) you should always be able to go back to where you grew up you know especially when it's a suburb yeah yes please (laughs) yeah well i'm sure it's beautiful i mean walnut creek that sounds very lovely it's i've been i've been and it's very nice oh yeah, well, the creeks were paved over and the walnut trees were cut down. But, uh, I, you know, when, when it was founded, it, cool. was, it was nice. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, now it's it a stump cool. road. Come on out to stump road. <laughs> what a town. Bananas is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. Look, guys, we know that uh, I find... I find today to be more stressful than any other time. Yes, sir. In history. And right. this is like the best time, the best, best time to talk to somebody and better help can help. And if you're giving therapy a first try, if you're a longtime fan, consider BetterHelp. BetterHelp was created to fit your busy lifestyle. It's entirely online. It's designed to be as convenient and flexible as possible. And getting started is so easy. You fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist. And if it's just not clicking, you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. I've often been so so upset or angry about a situation in my life. And then I mm-hmm. went and spoke about it and yeah. it completely changed the way I, it, I went from a, a point of view to a viewing point, if you will. And I could well, see my sure. life uh, kind of uh, holistically a little bit more and not just kind of like locked in my own reactive self. And that has been incredibly helpful. I highly recommend BetterHelp to anyone out there. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash bananas today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash bananas. Here's one for y'all. This is from Andy Ladowski. Thank you, Andy Ladowski, for sending it into the Bananas Podcast at Instagram. Anybody can DM us at any time. Um, And this was in HuffPo, written by Carla Baranakis, who's really good at this. Wouldn't you say the best? Best in biz. (laughs) Museum you guys are, visitor you guys are such fans of the reporters. Sorry, I, I've never, I've oh, never been they? on a podcast where you just love the reporters that much. That's great. We're reporter boosters. Mm, we gas <laughs> everybody up on this. Look, the the people who are writing the stories that we're covering, they're at the bottom of the reporter barrel. <laughs> they and need we're it. aware of that, so they we need to pump them up. You exactly, know? exactly. That's it's right. not Bob Woodward. We yeah. <laughs> 
No. A museum visitor injured after discovering the dot on the floor was actually a hole. (laughs) Old HuffPo, Carla, the hole hunter, Baranakis. The encounter with Anish Kapoor's work, Descent into Limbo, sent one man to the hospital. (laughs) It's called Descent into Limbo. It's in the name of the whole thing. Oh, boy. The installation at the uh, Seralves Museum in Porto, Portugal, by British sculptor Anish Kapoor, reportedly became more interactive than the artist intended when a man fell into his work. (laughs) I don't... It's so good. It's a very large black hole on the center of a gallery floor. So it kind of does look like in a cartoon when they would like slap a hole on the wall and stick their arm in it. It does sort of look like that. I mean, But people are standing around it looking at it. Digging a hole into an art gallery is quite a commitment to a piece. Um, that's shocking. Yeah. I can see why he didn't think it was real. I totally agree. Um, uh, the unidentified, which is good for him, Italian (laughs) man, which kind of makes it funnier because you can imagine him screaming. I'm a falling. (laughs) 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 Who believe, who was believed to be around 60. So, you know, he might've gotten injured with this one required hospital treatment for, uh, back injuries after he fell into descent into limbo. The times of (laughs) London reported (laughs) that moment. That moment where he just stepped on it and realized his mistake is seared, and it was a long moment in his mind. Whatever drug started immediately dumping into his brain slowed time down, so it (laughs) felt like an hour of like, oh, no. Oh, it's a real hole. (laughs) (laughs) He he ironically became another piece of art with the Edward Munch scream. Ah! Somebody snapped a photo at the... (laughs) Descent into limbo! (laughs) I, I wonder. And this is sorry, Lori. Oh no! Does does health insurance even cover that? Does health insurance go? Look, we don't cover being stupid. So these injuries are the result of a pre-existing condition, which is you're dumb and sorry, you're on your own. <laughs> I think in Europe they do. They got us. They got <laughs> us so good when it comes they to health care. But he was six years old, which also makes you wonder. It makes it. I, it makes it less likely he was just like looking at his phone and texting and walking, right? right? It, so yeah. this guy really just thought this was a painting on the floor and walked right in. How big was it, Curdy B? Great question. The yeah. installation was a dark hole like an abyss in the center of the floor inside a large concrete cube with a single door. The sides of the eight foot deep circular hole. Oh, what? So eight feet is a, oh, no. it's like, it's like falling from your ceiling to the floor. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, So it's coated in black pigment, giving the illusion of a depthless void. Sounds kind of cool. I kind of want to go see this. Yeah. Um, In other words, the hole looks like a giant black dot painted on the floor. Visitors are required to sign a disclaimer acknowledging the safety risk of viewing the installation. Oh, oh. So what is going on? Okay. Well, he come on. Now we have to to ask, and I think many of us have all, have wanted to dive into a black hole, an abyss. Maybe yes, he, absolutely. maybe he was like, "Take me! It, this is my time." Yeah. And he thought, <laughs> Let's it, see where maybe he thought it was goes. deeper, and <laughs> shocked to find that he survived. 
Hearing you say that, that just reminded me, Curdy B and I used to work on a show called Money from Strangers in New York City, and it was an MTV show, and I had totally forgotten about this until you just said that, but we had a contestant, I think it was out in Staten Island, and it was a younger person, and we, we grabbed him off the street. The idea was like any contestant, um, our host would walk up to people and say, do you want to be on a game show right now? You can win $1,000, and then two comics and our host would basically tell them increasingly crazy things to do for up to a thousand bucks. And one of them, we went to this cake shop <laughs> and we had, uh, instead of going towards the dark, we, we sent this person in and instead of just acting like a lunatic the whole time, we had them order a cake pretty much as soon as they went in there. So they seemed like a paying customer. And then when it got to the time where they said, what do you want us to write on this cake? We said something like, it's for my grandfather or it's for my grandmother. And they were like, okay. And then in the van, we were all like, what's the funniest thing to say? What's the funniest thing to write an icing on a cake to a grandparent? And our showrunner, Rob Anderson, uh, texted over our screen and we saw it come up. And we had them write an icing, go towards the light. Which was so funny because they were like, seriously? And he's like, no, seriously, yeah. Like, <laughs> they're in a coma. We want them to go towards the light. And they did it. And then we ended up taking a photo with it. And we ate that cake. But yeah, we got them a uh, bake shop in Staten Island, I think, to put on a cake for a grandparent. Go towards the light. I totally <laughs> forgotten about that. Oh, I love that. I was once at, there was a James Terrell exhibit at LACMA. Um, and James Trell is this artist. He's one of my favorite artists, installation artist, but does all with light. And so, um, it's like wild things where you like, look at a wall and it'll look like a painting that's like glowing, that's hanging off the wall, but you cool. come up to it and it's just a hole cut in a white wall oh, and wild. it's just light that's shining into another cool. room. Wow. And so you're just looking at just pure light. And so they, he had this huge installation in LACMA that, and it was the same type of thing where it was like, be, do not walk towards the edges of the room. And it was all the edges of like all four edges of the room were just had this light on it. And the way it was done is literally the floor was like built up and they had put lights underneath the floor that were shooting at a wall that was right. like far recessed. Wow. But it looked like these weird, crazy cubes uh, on all the walls. And of course, while we're there, <laughs> it was an old lady and she just walked right off, like just went right towards the light. Just like walked, just like, I'm gonna go check it out. And just, we just watched her walk off the like just a ledge into like a six foot drop. Arriva dare. Six foot. Wow. Oh, geez. Did you oh, laugh? Yeah, yeah. Did you laugh? Uh, no, it was more seeing it in person was alarming. The if I had heard it, like just like like that would have maybe made me laugh. But right. uh, watching it was just like, oh no! And then it was like shut down. Everything was shut down. Oh no. <laughs> If I fall, I want people to laugh, you know? Don't you? It, like, breaks the tension. If it's silent, it's more yes. uncomfortable. I'd it rather people much. laugh. If, if, I'm, if we're ever doing a Bananas Live and I fall off the stage, laugh. Don't gasp. Even if I'm Please. hurt, I'd prefer you laugh. You know, if All you're right. laughing, keep... I will scream over you um, in pain. Great. So that, that gives me something to reach for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to tease us into our, uh, our shout-outs. Yeah, but This one... Philly Jesus returns to the public eye as Lyft driver. 
Okay, a Philly <laughs> Jesus, because we had that Sunset Strip Jesus for a long time, too. Philly I, Jesus is back. Bananimals, when it comes to audio content, Audible really has something for everyone, including wellness and well-being content. If focusing on yourself and your well-being is a priority this year, be sure to check out all that Audible has to offer. Audible provides several wellness categories for you to choose from, including physical, mental, spiritual, motivational, occupational, and financial. Audible members can keep one title a month from the entire catalog, and with the Audible app, you can listen anytime and anywhere. I just got done listening to a really great spy thriller by Tess Gerritsen. It's called The Spy Coast. I loved it. I was listening to it while I was on the treadmill, and it kept me company, and I walked a little longer than before. I love that idea. I want to I I listen to a spy audiobook. I'm, I'm going to get that one, Scotty. It, it made me walk faster. <laughs> New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash bananas, or you can just text bananas to 500-500. That's audible.com slash bananas or text bananas to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash bananas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, I do have some shout outs. I have uh, a few really good ones. We have a bananimal named Catherine Bittner who's shouting herself out. She has a novel that she wrote called Strayed that comes out February 20th, 2024 for those listening in the future. Uh, it's an emotional suspense novel, and it's perfect for animal lovers. <laughs> Great. Okay. That nice. combination Great. is, you have me enticed. Straight <laughs> is on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Congratulations, Catherine. That Congrats. is not her first novel, but congratulations on writing again. That's that's um, I, cool. Uh, I, it's hard. I, yeah, but not novels. That's another level. My, mine are just basically jokes written as, you know, uh, with extra words. So it makes a book <laughs> like I de-edited jokes, <laughs> but uh, a novel is like another level of writing. So that's really incredible. That really is true, though. Like when you were starting out as a comic or doing open mics or those, one of the things you notice, I'm not a stand up, but when I would go see everybody starting out, they talk, they say too many words when they're yes. doing stand up. They talk too yeah. much. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the majority of work you do as a stand up is like getting it down to just the words that you need that are that like magical spell. Yeah. And then yes, you, you the hone and you part. hone and you hone and then the audience wants a Q&A and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's so real. That's uh, Cynthia uh, E. So like five A's and then a dot E. Wants to shout out herself, uh, uh, shout herself out for failing her very long and very expensive board exams. Uh, <laughs> Yay. Congrats. She- She's going to study again and take them again in April, but she wants us, Kurt, to absolve her. And Laurie, we can all absolve her for yeah, failing. You're absolved. For sure. Oh, no, I'm a college dropout. I absolve anyone quitting or failing or leaving. Go. <laughs> That's right. Be well. Fail, fail again, fail better. It's very fun. 
Uh, Steph Schrader uh, started bartending, is also shouting herself out. Steph started bartending last Labor Day, so not that long ago, at just a fun side job. Then she competed in the Iron Bartender Competition. Yes. Which Kurt and I should totally judge, by the way. The fact that we aren't judges of the Iron Bartender is insane insane to me. It also seems unfair that they they should rotate in judges for that because it seems like by the end of that competition, you're just like, this one's awesome. Uh, but she got first place overall with a drink she invented called Pop That Thang, which is a strawberry pineapple infused vodka martini that is rimmed with pop rocks. Wow, that's cool. Wild. And, right and she's only been bartending since September, so like six Labor months Day. or so. Yeah, yeah. Labor Day. That's yeah. incredible. Oh, Labor Day. So yeah, twelve. still incredible. very impressive. And maybe mm-hmm. the lady that... So. T- failed her boards should look into bartending because you can mm. make something of yourself pretty quick. Honestly, everybody <laughs> should look into bartending. <laughs> AI is taking away everything else, but you yeah. know what? We're always going to want somebody to make us a pop that thing. Um, <laughs> and last but not least is a real beautiful one. Lily wants to shout herself out for finishing chemo and surviving a double mastectomy. She's doing great. She does have 30 more rounds of radiation left. Uh, she says cancer sucks, but it has made her a more empathetic person and that listening to bananas has made her laugh during the hard hardest times and has helped her out oh, oh my gosh right on it's you got incredible. this you got this Ugh, that's, Lily, that's so I mean, hard man banana of the week for yeah. sure <laughs> Easy. Banana, of the week. banana of the week are you kidding me sewing Love can you make Lily. that gala pop that thing at least one <laughs> <Pop> that <thing. laughs> yeah uh, that's what i got curdy b Wonderful. And of course, we are here with the wonderful Lori Kilmartin. Mm-hmm. You can watch her new special right now. Sis Woke Grief Slut. Sis Woke Grief Slut. <laughs> For uh, Someone called it Greek Slut. And I was like, I mean, I'd like that to be, <laughs> but I'm not Greek. It's grief. But it makes sense. The title makes perfect sense when you watch the special because there are different chunks at each thing where you kind of go, like, they were calling her a slut right then. There yeah. she is. Yeah, yeah. Right here. <laughs> it makes lots yeah. Of, it's a great title, and the, and the content fits the title perfectly. Thank you. <laughs> um, what, is your, what is your favorite joke from the special that you're most proud of? Or, like, what section? Oh, uh, I, I banished a lot of it from my head. Um, uh-huh. I, I don't know. I guess my oh, don't do. I'm not asking you to do the joke. I'm more right. like the area. I guess. I guess the stuff about my mom dying of COVID that was really hard to get to get into shape where it would just get laughs. You know. Yeah. So that took yeah, the most. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? that, <laughs> that took the most work. I guess you know. Um, yeah. But but like I'm sure just like you, my favorite joke is the newest one I'm working on, which isn't you know, which is like a week old. So and so once yeah. you put it on a special, you're like old taters get away, you know. Uh, so but yeah, mm-hmm. the, the stuff about my mom was took the longest. So I was happy when it it kind of gelled into something pretty solid. I always think that that is the most uh, that is the most uh, genuinely satisfying of stand up when you can take something that's incredibly sad and upsetting and actually have just just pure laughter from it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Is -hmm. the best part. It's the best part. Yeah. And and uh, it's weird. It'll be a thing that might have been the worst thing that ever happened to you. And then there's a comedy part of your head that's like. 
okay, let's get to yes. work. <laughs> this is going to be harder than the yeah. dating chunk for sure, but let's get to work and let's see if we can do it. And it, and it, you know, topics like that, the audience has to be, you have to be so comfortable talking about it that the audience yeah. doesn't recognize that it's actually different from any other material. And that, that always takes longer for you, the comic than, you know, your standard mm-hmm. sort of observational mm-hmm. stuff, you know? So, Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? It's yeah. how much it has to be that they can't even like they can't even smell a whiff of you not having fully dealt with it and processed it and come at peace with this whatever you're talking about. And that is something that you can't you can't write your way out of. It's literally right. something they can like smell. It's like pheromones you give yes. off or something on stage. A hundred percent. And then. If they, even if they want to laugh, if they're worried about you, they can't not be like, they can't help how they react to your, your fear, like your pain. Right. So if they're Mm, worried, they, they can't really laugh either. So it's, it's only something that gets worn down through time, uh, time that you put in on stage saying the words and then, you know, off stage getting used to whatever the new reality of your life is. It is very interesting where there's like certain comics who are very, very famous. And so therefore don't like don't have the opportunity to like run material as much as they should. And then they go out and then they do an hour and it's about like kind of a tricky subject. But you can just it's completely like, oh, you're still emotionally in what you're talking about oh, you're and it so like right. just it just reads a thousand percent i'm speaking of one specific special flunk <laughs> but uh yeah we're just like oh no buddy you were you have not dealt with all this stuff yet <laughs> correct well yeah. also it's so it, at the top of your special too you do say like are you fans of dark comedy and so do our bananables it there are some dark jokes in there but oh, yeah. I la- it's it's such a great special. Also, there's a great combination, and I'll, I won't spoil anything at all. But there's a connection between the Harry Potter books and and uh, and Frank. So you know, there's, there's something True. for everyone. What there I'm really saying. is. Yes. Here's <laughs> uh, right. Curdy B. Philly Jesus returns to the public eye as a lift driver. Here it is. Uh, this was in the Philly Voice. Thank you, Philly Voice, written by uh, Michaela Althaus, who Ooh. is. Who is not his better than better? <laughs> She's the best of the biz. She's Philly the the Jesus can now be found cruising around Center City in an Acura with a Bible on the dash and gospel music on the radio. Philly Jesus, whose real name is Michael Dennis Grant, has returned as a rideshare driver after taking a multi-year break from the public eye. Okay. He was known for wearing a white robe and carrying a shepherd's crook as he walked around Center City speaking about the Bible. Okay. But he had stopped going out in costume while he dealt with the deaths of his father and grandmother and got Fair. divorced, Fox 29 reported. Now <laughs> he's serving as a Lyft driver. Quote, <laughs> I pick up a passenger and they see me dressed like this and I turn back and I say, Jesus is taking the wheel today. <laughs> Great. Oh Fantastic. <laughs> Perfect. Imagine doing your your opening line 40 times a day. Like... <laughs> 40 probably more than 40 (laughs) oh my god 
Um, quote, uh, before his hiatus, Grant frequently was seen around Love Park and had a large presence on social media. In a post about his new path, Grant, Grant said it's much better than staying in one spot. I get to drive all over Philadelphia and many different neighborhoods of Philly, basically doing a church on wheels ministry. I have so much fun in the Philly Jesus Mobile driving for Lyft. <laughs> <laughs> it's just called the Philly Jesus Mobile. It's an Acura. <laughs> it's an Acura. <laughs> I mean, like, there's it, it couldn't be called like the shepherd's bus or like, I don't know, like, uh, God's love b- b- delivers us. Uh, Philly <laughs> Jesus had retreated from the f- public in 2020 after he was cited for trespassing <laughs> the installation mass of Philadelphia, trespassing the installation mass of Philadelphia Archbishop Nelson Perez. Prior to that, he claimed that protests. Uh, blah 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 blah. He got a Saturday Night Live shout out. Blah 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 blah. But he was okay. So I love that Jesus was arrested. Okay, at a mass for the Archbishop. That is completely in line with the how the Catholic Church is. If Jesus shows up at church, he will be arrested. Yeah. Well, his ex-wife uh, goes by Philly Magdalene, and she works for DoorDash. So uh, it's too bad they couldn't make it work. Oh, she's so sad. <laughs> she will. She will clean your feet with her hair. And her what a gal! What a gal! Please tip. Please tip. Please tip. Please <laughs> just tears come down on your shoes with her hair. Just please tip. Please tip. And uh, uh, just reminding me. What a great invention terry cloth is because hair is not going to dry anything, honestly. <laughs> nope. There was always a big brag that Mary Magdalene cleaned, <laughs> like dried his feet with her hair. It was just like, doesn't seem efficient. Yeah, seems like they're still going to be damp. That's what I say. But uh, it's the Bible. <laughs> I'm not going to question it. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he gets more tips. I wonder if people are into it or not. Like, I would love to see oh, a yearly average of Philly um, Lyft drivers and to see if he does, if Jesus does better than the average I, Philly driver. It's got to be, I right? I feel like I got to be. He's any level of like uh, notoriety in your Lyft driver, I think, right. gets you a better tip. I wonder, oh, I mean, ones. could there be a Philly Buddha? I mean, could we have some rival religions? Uh, you know, kind of bring some representation. Please, Please. Philly. Please. <laughs> if you drive for Lyft, think about it. You want to be Philly Buddha? You want to be Philly Allah? Who do you want to be? Who I else can think... we be? Confucius? Philly Confucius? Is that part? No, I don't think that's Philly, right. Philly Yahweh? Abraham? Sure. <laughs> Abraham. That's what I was be. thinking. I was like, who's that old guy? It was Abraham. Oh, man. It's been a while. <laughs> you could be uh, L. Ron Hubbard. I mean, he's, a, he's out there doing his thing. He's shaking his tail feathers all over Hollywood Boulevard. Philly Joseph Smith, just with plates <laughs> that he dug up in his backyard. Yeah. And nobody's allowed to have caffeine (laughs) only picks up women (laughs) (laughs) but smart i mean there was a comedy writer in new york city that we all probably know but apparently early on every general and every meeting he would take he would either dress up like a pirate or a vampire uh, like full makeup and everything just to interview for you know whatever writing job and would he he worked quite a bit who put that name in the chat i want to know who that is well, I'll say it then, Kurt. You, it was Ethan Berlin. 
Oh my God, that's oh. right. He used to show up dressed yeah. as a vampire to, uh, and Kurt did a show with him. But yeah, I always thought that was like, I oh get it. God. It's not, it's crazy, but it's not so crazy. Like if he had a good sample, he'd be like, all right, just, okay, don't, don't weird out the rest of the writers. <laughs> did he have to keep dressing that way? Or did, uh, like, was there disappointment no. when he showed up and everyone was like, who are you? Uh, we don't recognize I you. I think that. I think that. <laughs> but that makes me think, like, LA, if somebody dressed up like a very realistic, uh, represent, realistic, a very familiar representation of, like, an Anne Rice vampire, they would crush an Uber in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. They look like Lestat. Yes. They would, yeah. They would, yeah. they would have to stop yeah. driving around 8 p.m. <laughs> Yeah. 10.30 p.m. Lestat picking you up is going to freak me the fuck out. Well, that's a very tiny know. window, though, because uh, you can't be out with the sun. So it's uh, like between <laughs> 5 and 8 p.m. <laughs> Wait a second. Am I going to start driving around Lestat? Maybe, maybe this is my thing. Right at sundown, I start. And right at sunrise, I stop. I would make a killing. I like it. I really like it. <laughs> Send us home, Scotty. You got it, buddy boy. I got a crime. This was from Catherine Lug, which is a crazy, funny last name. L-O-O-G. I've never seen that last name before. Sounds sounds, uh, Northern European. Yes. Uh, Yeah, maybe it's like Lug. Um, Canadian police. Always a good start to a bananas uh, Mm -hmm. story. Canadian police. (laughs) are looking for a 500-pound taxidermy polar bear that was stolen from a resort in below-zero weather. How? 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 Why? Right. In below-zero weather. Guys, was oh, it's way below. I have to ask, awesome. was it was it taxidermied or was it still an alive polar bear? Great question. <laughs> it was taxidermied. There is a photo of it. It is standing on its rear paws, its back uh-huh. feet, and it is... Gigantic. I mean, five hundred pounds. You would need a forklift for that, right? Five hundred pounds. I guess so. Or twenty really strong friends. Um, <laughs> Business Insider, written by Matthew Lowe, who's the best in the beersness. Absolutely is. Police in Canada say they're looking for a missing taxidermy polar bear that was stolen from a resort near the city of Edmonton. Harry. Great name for a polar bear. <laughs> the 500-pound stuffed bear was nabbed from Lion's Heart Wellness Center at the Lily Lake Resort earlier this month, and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police are still looking for it. Standing, this is pretty funny reporting, standing about 10 to 12 feet tall. <laughs> it's 10 <laughs> no, to 12 feet. Th- those two feet, <laughs> that's so tall. That's yeah. so much of a difference. Yeah. How tall is your husband? He's 4'11". No, he's 6'11". There's an entire small child difference. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. The towering bear was typically positioned on the resort's second floor until one day staff noticed he was missing. Wanda Rowe, executive director of the center, told the outlet that the resort operates 24-hour security and believes the bear was specifically targeted for the heist. Quote, it had to be planned, Rowe said. It 100% had to be planned, end quote. The Lily Lake Resort reported that the... Oh, they reported the theft on January 22nd. Police believe the bear was stolen during a cold snap. Temperatures in the area around Edmonton dropped to as low as minus 49 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, my God. I mean, I would not be outside even for 
10 seconds to steal a bear in those temperatures. It was on a second floor? That's what they said. Absolutely. Inside job. Why? Completely. The the entire, uh, the staff is a suspect, all of them. Especially the one yeah, who's quoted in the It's still in the building. Yeah, it's still in the building. <laughs> what if it was all shared hallucination? What if there's a carbon monoxide leak and they all just imagined Harry the 500, 10 foot to 12 foot pole? 10 to bear? 12. That would explain the 10 to 12 feet. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, there, there's more stolen, too. This it keeps going. Roe told the Globe and the Mail that security patrols were canceled on that day because of the cold and thinks the bear was stolen that night. Hilari's point. Sounds like an inside job to me. Mm-hmm. The resort also had a pair of stuffed raccoons stolen. It, and you can't replace that. You can't you can't get more raccoons. That's really tough. They're extinct. Uh, the total cost of all three missing animals was about twenty six thousand dollars. That is, Ooh. I think, Canadian, but maybe American. Wow. Maybe if you can find a buyer. Dollars. If you can find a buyer for a 10 to 12 foot stuffed bear. I mean, if you can't find a buyer, come on, who wouldn't want that? I know. It it all depends on the price. Yeah. What if it was dismembered? Like they kind of cut it up Mm. and got it out that way and are sewing Mm -hmm. it frantically together right now. (laughs) That would be really cool. That would be the footage you'd want to see. That's (laughs) You never know. It's not immediately clear, you two, if uh, the two thefts were related. That's the raccoons and the polar bears. They do happen on different nights. Uh, Taxidermy polar bears can go... (laughs) For as high as thirty-four thousand dollars on some websites. On some wow. websites. On some websites. <laughs> Furry.com. Uh, <laughs> please on don't fuck this bear <laughs> How much? Thirty-four thousand final offer. Now get out of here. He's making eyes at me all night. Uh, please tell the Globe in the Mail they hope someone will see the polar bear for sale on a website or somewhere around town. I bet they do. That would stick out right away. If you saw that anywhere, right? Said right. Mountain Police Constable Kelsey Davidge. Best, yeah. The best in the country up there in Edmonton. The best in the country. That is so good but yeah so they stole this bear so and it's pretty recent news that's within a month so i'll, I'll do a follow-up if they find this Larry, we've done some stolen big things before and what happens is people get bored with it and eventually return it interesting it, it happened it feels... to a giant tomato <laughs> yeah a, like a full living that. tomato or a, a, a taxidermy <laughs> tomato it was outside of a restaurant it was stolen and then they were like all right and they just brought it back <laughs> And there's a couple other ones we've done where people, I think, put it in their garage or put it in their basement, and they're like, awesome. And then they're like, get this thing the F out of here. <laughs> it seems like a rom-com, that sort of retrieval. Like, I, I imagine that trooper hooking up mm. with whoever maybe stole it and um, gets it back and falls in love. Like, it's a it's a twofer in the ending. We can only hope. That sounds like the best <laughs> The best case scenario for this <laughs> in Edmonton. Yeah. I always wanted to do a rom-com in Manhattan where a dog ate a ring and ran away. And then it was a couple chasing a dog around the city waiting for it to shit and get the ring Great back. Idea. And I'm like, how isn't this a movie where and you? it's maybe they were having problems. Maybe somebody and then finding this dog brings them back together. But I yeah. love it. What do it's I a do? Great idea. Yeah. 
Um, well, Lori, thank you so much for being on the show. Tell you know, plug away. Plug tell away. everyone where they can find you. Oh, cool. Uh, my website is LoriKilmartin.com. One L and Kilmartin. Lori spelled L A U R I E, the uh, awkward way. And uh, you know, there's <laughs> links to uh, the special if you want to check it out. And uh, there's uh, links to other stuff. I don't know. I'm on any Lori sixteen on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter, and uh, and then Lori, I. I, I Picked a terrible username early on and semi stuck with it. <laughs> so, like an Instagram and Twitter, I'm Annie Lori sixteen, and then TikTok, I went with Lori Kilmartin. So, anyway, it's very unhelpful, but uh, you know, if you go to my website, you can find <laughs> links to all. Thank you so much for being on the show, Lori. You're the you're the best. Thanks and for I'm watching you. tonight. Oh heck yeah! I can't wait to hear about it. And thanks heck for watching, yeah. Scotty. I appreciate that. You got it. I'll watch it again tonight. I don't want to pick up her hand at all. <laughs> I want you to win this one. <laughs> <laughs> Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas. <laughs>